Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, this, this question was asked, I think it's a mailbag question. We'll get into this. Uh, well, we'll have some mailbag questions tomorrow. But somebody had asked me on Twitter about, hey, do you, do you start to rest players, you know, starters now um, with only two games left and so many guys hurt? And... The answer is, what starters do you have left to rest? <laughs> I mean, they're all out anyway, right? Like, you wouldn't have a football team. The latest is, we're talking about the Bucks. Shaquille Barrett. He's now out for the remaining two games of the regular season. He has a sprained MCL and ACL. Um, it's not considered major, although I don't think there's anything minor about those two ligaments being sprained. A sprained ACL is actually very rare. To be honest with you, I uh, haven't heard that injury too much. You usually tear it or you don't. So Jack Barrett's going to miss the rest of the regular season. Of course, that goes along with, uh, with guys like Leonard Fournette. Uh, we don't know about JPP, who didn't play on Sunday. Uh, you know, Levante David is out until the playoffs at least. And, oh, by the way, Mike Evans, who was sort of iffy to play this week. It wasn't guaranteed that he would because he's coming off a hamstring injury. Yeah, he's now got COVID. He's on the reserve COVID list, as is, and this is even more scary when you think about the position group, as devastated as they are by injury right now with Chris Godwin out, et cetera. Kevin Garver, the wide receivers coach, he is also out with COVID. And so you wonder about close contact, stuff like that. Um, so if it's not injury, now the illness has the bucks. And, of course, Steve Versnick, that's the big story in sports right now and, and around the world, actually, but particularly these leagues trying to find a way to maintain their operation. We'll talk about the Lightning. It struck them as well. Yeah, well, yeah, we're going to talk about the Lightning. Both goalies and have COVID. So, yeah, incredible. Uh, Lightning are scheduled to play Montreal tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game is still on, even though there's, uh, I want to say, a dozen or more players between the two teams in COVID protocols. And uh, Lightning will be going with an AHL goalie if the game is played. Either Maxime Legacy or Hugo Alnefeld. So I know household names there for Lightning fans. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, COVID and, and staying healthy. And, you know, Tom Brady talked about this last year a lot. Yeah. And, and he even talked about going in this year that, yep. you know, staying clear of COVID and, and not letting not necessarily the virus beat you, but – you know, not having what happened last year to like the Broncos, where they didn't have a quarterback for a game, and and other teams mm-hmm. had those issues. The Bucks really didn't. I mean, you had Ronald Jones late got COVID in the season, which sprung playoff Lenny. Uh, but for the most part, the Bucks did very well with that last year. Now this Omicron variant seems to be spreading everywhere and very quickly. Yeah, and it pretty much seems like no team is left unscathed at this point. The question is, how scathed are you? I guess. Yeah. Well. And, and and to that end, I when I talked to Brady at the beginning of the season, you know, one of the things he he predicted was that it would be a a bigger story this year because he said, you know, as a society, at that time at the start of of uh, training camp and whatnot, he goes, you know, we're all moving around. Um, you know, a year ago they were, you know, guys were were pretty much having to 
stay within their families, not, you know, not go anywhere. Um, they were, they were pretty, you know, pretty boarded up for the most part, but now, you know, we have full stadiums, everybody's moving around, people are out and about. Um, and so it was inevitable, but now this, this new variant of course is very contagious. And so, um, you know, a lot of guys are catching it. And within the building, this has been the thing that the Bucks have avoided. They've avoided sort of that, you know, position room, uh, you know, guys struck with COVID. We've seen this on several teams where the quarterback room itself, you know, has been the one that's been struck with COVID. And, I mean, th- this happened, uh, you know, I think I think it happened uh, to the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, right? As they were playing Monday Night Football, they had Ian Book was their quarterback because the other two guys, mm-hmm. I believe, are out with uh, with COVID nineteen. Yeah. Well, I know mistaken. the Ravens. I mean, Lamar Jackson's hurt, but uh, yeah. Tyler Hunley had uh, COVID, so they had to go with Josh yeah. Johnson on Sunday. Josh Johnson, God bless him. The guy's played since like I don't know oh eight or something like that. It seems like um, it was eighteen play- officially, but you know, it feels like oh eight. Yeah. Plays a long time. He's played. A, he's played a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was long. I mean, he he was drafted by the Bucks. It was much much before 2018. Um, if it's the guy I'm thinking about, yeah, played for Harbaugh at the University of San Diego. Came out uh, was was on John Gruden's team in Tampa Bay. So that's that's he's bounced around quite a bit. But yeah, COVID is a COVID's a you know obviously a big story. Like I said, in sports, we're gonna and and the one thing that that happened, I guess. It was later on Tuesday or Monday would have been um, that the CDC came out and they're now saying that rather than a 10-day sort of incubation period, if you're asymptomatic with COVID, they're moving that to five days. And I would expect very quickly, if they haven't already by the time you hear this podcast, the sports leagues will follow suit. They've been following CDC recommendations. That's going to certainly cut down the amount of time that players will have to miss, like uh, Brashard Perryman. For example, you know, he is coming back off the COVID list. He missed two games because it fell in a period where he couldn't get back uh, within the 10-day period. Um, you know, you have, you have, you, in order to do that, you'd have to have two negative tests with 24 hours in between. He wasn't able to do that. But if the incubation period is five days and he had no symptoms, then he would be able to get back uh, after, you know, just five days and probably not miss a game. So that's going to be, I think, that's going to be a big, significant change for all these sports leagues right now. Well, I think that's what most people have been waiting for is, right? you know, if the point is, and, and I'm no doctor, so yeah, I'm not going to pretend to know, that I know the all the ins and outs, but if mm-hmm. you've been vaccinated mm-hmm. and you get COVID, but you're asymptomatic, why why do you have to wait out 10 days? Right. Isn't that the whole purpose of the vaccine? You know, I think that's what the leagues have been waiting for is if if we're trying to get people vaccinated, if they're vaccinated, why are we making them sit out 10 days when they have no symptoms? If you have symptoms, totally different thing. I get it. Mm-hmm. But isn't that what everyone's been kind of waiting for? Now the CDC has shortened that, that, that guideline from 10 to 5 days. Yeah, the only question is if even if you don't have symptoms, if you're asymptomatic but you do have COVID, are you able to – are you contagious? Are you, are you able to spread the virus? Mm-hmm. And I guess they're saying, you know, after five days, no. Um, so, you know, from that standpoint, um, regardless, as long as you don't have symptoms, I think, I think it's – I mean, there were over – well over 100 players in one day on Monday that were on the, the NFL's COVID list. 
And that that's that's a very large number. And you know, the New Orleans Saints played a game on Monday night. They had to um activate or promote fourteen players onto their roster in order to play this game against the Miami Dolphins. And like I said, Ian Book, who has not played this is their fourth quarterback, I think, that has started a game this year for the Saints. Oh, oh, do the Bucks wish that maybe they of course they only gave up nine points, but boy do they wish that New Orleans had, you know, had played them with Ian Book. Um, maybe they don't score at all. I mean, you know, we'll see how many points he ultimately puts up. They're starting the fourth quarter. He's got three. But, you know, it, it, and you wonder, like, going forward, it's inevitable. It's like there's going to be – we're into December now. There's only a couple weeks left of the regular season. We're almost to the postseason. We're seeing these cases. And it's inevitable that you're going to see a team, uh, maybe a really good one, maybe Dallas Cowboys, and that you know, or someone like that, or Kansas City Chiefs where – and the Chiefs had their run of, of COVID, where the game is scheduled on Saturday and Dak Prescott is not going to be able to play. And, that, I mean, think about that. The whole season rides on, you know, that playoff game. It's do or die, and it's very likely that there's going to be a number of stars this year that aren't going to be able to be on the field because of it. What if what if this was a playoff game and Mike Evans was healthy and, and the only thing that kept him out was the virus? I mean, We saw you know, that, that last year with Devin White. The game was yes. played. The playoff game was a Saturday. Had it been played on a Sunday, he'd have been able to go. He would have been okay. Yeah, but it was played on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. They were very fortunate. They won that game, and he was able to come back. And how much impact did Devin White have on the New Orleans Saints? You know, he missed the Washington game. They managed to escape that. They managed to escape Taylor, Tyler Heineke, uh, Taylor Heineke, um, and maybe he would have made a difference. But they were able to win that game. And then Devin White was an absolute wrecking ball the next week in New Orleans. You know, he had an interception, uh, fumble recovery, all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, one player, you know, of that caliber, and certainly your your quarterbacks, to the extent that, like, I, I'm telling you, I would be tempted if I were the Bucks. Like, they're able to meet outside. You know, one of the advantages they have this time of year with the weather, and it's been really warm down here, is they're able to have their meetings outdoors. You know, they're able to to kind of like socially distance, but in an area where it's a little, a little uh, you know, it's not like up north when you're cooped inside. But I would, I'd be damned if I wouldn't be tempted to say, hey, Brady, you're going to zoom it, or you're way over there with these guys. You know, I don't, I don't want all my quarterbacks together to begin with, and I certainly don't want Tom Brady. You know, I almost want to isolate that guy because, obviously, if he goes down, I mean, yeah, yeah, Blaine Gabbert, but is that really, you know, what, what would you do in a situation if somehow uh, Brady were to test positive? So it's, you know, as much as any singular thing, injuries are part of football, this year, illness will be the biggest part, I think. You know, the team that is able to stay the healthiest. And it's not merely, it's not like before where you're like, well, you know, don't go out, just home and work. That's all you can do. And and I think guys bought into that and did that in Tampa better than anybody because Bruce Arians was really on them. And they don't want to disappoint their teammates now. I'm not saying they're going out and doing anything. But, I mean, look, the, you know, the wide receivers coach has COVID. And now Mike Evans has COVID. And before that, Jalen Darden missed last week because he had COVID. He's also a wide receiver. So you just wonder, you know, in a group that that is down to Antonio Brown, Perriman coming back, um, Cyril Grayson, you know, who had the enormous game. Um, You only got a few guys that are available to you, so you can't afford to lose anybody else. So this is a big, big damn story um, throughout sports and, and certainly could be, you know, could be with the Bucks themselves. So, you know, so many guys out on offense. I mean, it's just incredible. You know, Godwin and Evans and then, you know, Leonard Fournette. And you go to the defense and you've got David and you've got 
Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, who was inactive on Sunday, and now Shaq Barrett. And, you know, the thing that w- w- would worry me is not, you know, can some of these guys come back in the postseason? I think they will. I think they'll get some guys back in the postseason. But here's the question. How good are they going to be? You know, they wouldn't have played for two or three weeks. But when they do go out there, are they, you know, are they what they should be? You know, is Shaq Barrett going to have the burst? Is he going to be that that guy on the edge that can get to the quarterback? I mean, he's got 10 sacks. He's a Pro Bowl player. Is he going to be that guy you get back or not? Um, and what's, you know, all year long, the defense has sort of had to deal with this in the secondary. Now it's the offense's turn, you know. And when we talked to Bruce Arians on on Monday, you know, we talked about how guys stepped up, you know, and that was the story that I wrote on, you know, on the, off the game with whether it was Keyshawn Vaughn or, or Cyril Grayson. And you need that, right? You need guys to step up at this time. If they do, if they continue to do that and you get to play three games, and let's be honest, they should beat the New York Jets with, even with what they have left. They certainly should beat the Carolina Panthers at home because they're terrible. Um, and they just, they just did them 32-6 to six on the road. Um, if you're able to do that, you know, while those other guys are not playing, you're gaining confidence and you're learning how to play a different way. You know, like they went a lot of three tight end sets. They used Josh Wells as an extra tight end. They made no mistake that they were going to pound the football. Um, they kept guys off of Brady. They managed to get, you know, Antonio Brown open at least 10 times. He had 15 targets, 100 and something yards. Uh, which was really good, you know, playing as a number one receiver, not the number three. So they, they found a way to win a game playing a different way because prior to that, it had been, you know, they're built around their, their wide receivers. They're built around Godwin. They're built around Evans. They're built around, you know, whoever uh, the third receiver was, whether it was Bashard Perryman or Antonio Brown or whomever. Now they're going to have to find a different way. And when you get those guys back or some of those guys back, now you're multiple and you don't, you know, you're not going to be as hesitant if you needed Keyshawn Vaughn to run this one play. If you needed Brashard Perriman on some, you know, on a tunnel screen, like you can you can use your whole roster now because these guys have gained confidence and experience. And it's just it's an opportunity for guys to show what they can do. And I think, you know, that that's that's sort of the way Bruce Arians is looking at it right now. You've got two very winnable games and they do need to win them. Because they still have a good, you know, a chance at a number two seed. If the Rams were to trip up, Bucks went out, they could still get that number two seed, which would be enormous to have two home playoff games. You hope somebody goes up and upsets the Packers and Lambeau. And if not, it's one more game at Lambeau. You win it, you're in the Super Bowl. You know, you'll take your chances in that situation. That's okay. Um, but you don't want to have to play more than, you know, uh, one game, I think, on the road. It would be difficult to go to Dallas and Lambeau. It would be difficult to go to the Rams and Lambeau. Um, so you try to avoid that if you can, but you know, right now it's just, it's certainly all hands on deck. So you're going to have to have, you know, guys like Anthony Nelson who had, uh, two of the seven sacks the other day, he's going to get an opportunity now to play without Shaq Barrett. Um, obviously Joe Tryon, Chawinka started for Jason Pierre Paul. So he's going to keep doing that. You're going to see Cam Gill, who's a second year player, had a, had a half sack in the Super Bowl last year. He's going to log some snaps. So a lot of younger players are going to get a chance to play these last few games, and to them, it'll be like their playoffs. I mean, they're chomping at the bit, obviously, to get out there against a team that's, you know, they're they're part of one that's very deep with veterans, and you just don't get a chance to get on the field. So, um, you know, it's all on how you look at it. I think 
you're going to have to have some luck with injuries. You're going to have to have some luck with illness, which is a whole new factor. And, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, for them, they can grab a higher seed than, than a third or fourth seed and get more than one home playoff game. And that's really the formula that they're going to be following. I mean, there's, there's no other – there's really no other path forward. And I, I'm not sold on the Green Bay Packers. I, I've seen two teams run the ball all over them. And I don't know much about football, but I know if you can't stop the run, you're in trouble. And that's been the Packers. They've been able to put teams away. They couldn't put the Browns away with four interceptions by Baker Mayfield. They couldn't put Baltimore away when they had a backup quarterback and went for two to try to win it and didn't get it and lost by one. So there's opportunities still for the Bucks, But, man, it's, it's a uh, – I can't – I don't remember a year – where this many star players have gotten hurt, Steve. I, I, I'm telling you, within a, within a two-game period, I mean, it's pro bowler after pro bowler out there. Yeah, it's – it's. I can't think of an, another team that's gone through this many – and it's, like you said, it's not the number of players. It's star players. The names, yeah. Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these, these are – I mean – 57% of your offense went out last week when it was Godwin, 57. Evans, and Fournette. That's incredible. I mean, how do you how does a team I don't care how good you are, how do you how do you replace that in this mm-hmm. late in the season? And yet, you know, I mean, granted, you played a bad Carolina team, but you seem to have, you know, done pretty well. I mean, Cyril Grayson stepped up. Antonio Brown, you knew was going to have a big day. He did. Yeah. Um you know, and, and and when you still have Tom Brady back there, you always have a shot. Yeah, I mean, you do. And, and Antonio Brown, you know, um, he is he has been productive in every game he's played this year, but he's always been the number three uh, wide receiver. When you play him at one, you expect for him to get a lot of double teams and things like that. I was a little surprised that they pl- they played one you know single high safety. They didn't they didn't really double him as much as I thought they would. But his endurance was was such that he played a ton of snaps. Uh, 15 targets, which is no surprise that he got that many. 10 catches. Could have had more. There was some miscommunication, you know, where Brady thought he was going down the field and he pulled up and vice versa. So they still weren't perfect, and they'll probably be better the second week than they were the first. I mean, he hadn't even played football since October 14th. I mean, this guy had not been in a football game since the middle of October. So he was coming off an injury. He was coming off a suspension. Uh, He had one week of walk-through practice, essentially, and Cyril, Cyril Grayson, I mean, that's a guy that, that Bruce Arians went to early in the week, and he was on the practice squad. I would have never picked him to be the guy that they would choose to replace Chris Godwin as that slot receiver, and, and he didn't put him in there. Not and, he's an, and mind you, this is a track star that couldn't play at LSU because he ran track, because he took money as a professional track, track runner. Uh, they wouldn't let him play at LSU. And he gets brought up from the practice squad, not just because of his speed, which is obvious, and he's made one big play already this year. He had only two catches coming into that game and hadn't played since, you know, October 31st in New Orleans when he had a 50-yard touchdown. But he comes in because he blocks his butt off. That's, he picked him because he was a ferocious blocker, a track guy. And, and we saw him do that on that 55-yard run by Keyshawn Vaughn. He made a hustle play across the field, across the hash marks, got in front of a of one of their defensive backs and, and absolutely helped escort Keyshawn Vaughn to the end zone. And Tom Brady, you know, I wrote about how he ran the length of the field, not to congratulate Vaughn, which he did, but the first guy he ran to was, was Cyril Grayson. 
because he goes, you know, that that just shows what this team is about. We're going to have to have each other's back. We're going to have to, you know, play as a team, find new ways to win. And that's sort of what they were able to do, you know, against Carolina. Can they do that same thing in the playoffs against the Dallas Cowboys or, you know, uh, against the Green Bay Packers or the Los Angeles Rams? I don't know. You know, we'll see what those teams are dealing with by the time they get here. And that's the thing. It's a week-to-week league. And, and what's amazing is every week everybody takes the temperature and they go, oh, oh, the, you know, the Packers, they're unstoppable. Or, oh, you know, look at Dallas. They put a 50-burger on, you know, on Washington that didn't have anybody left to play. I mean, you know, it, it's so funny to me that each week there's a new flavor. Um, but the Bucks just keep rolling along. And, you know, this, despite being right now the most, you know, injured stars anywhere, uh, they're still, you know, back-to-back 11-win seasons, probably headed to a 13-win season, which would be a, a club record, albeit there's 17 regular season games this year. I mean, the, the, the amount of winning <laughs> that's been going on in these last two years, uh, Bucks fans should never take for granted because I was sitting in the press box, Steve, and it was so funny because I could hear my, my past and probably my future play out with the other riders in Carolina. Um, they had... I can't really describe the setup, but we're on Zoom calls now because of COVID. You know, we were going down to an interview area and we were separated and, you know, uh, wearing masks and things like that. But we were able to still be in a press conference situation. Now we're back to Zoom calls because of COVID. And, you know, Carolina had their calls with Matt Rule. And then at the same time, Bruce Arians showed up on, on uh, a Zoom call for the Bucks down from his locker room. And they were blasting. And I mean, that's not a, I'm being honest. It was the loudest volume I've ever heard in press box. They were blasting the press conference by, by their coach, Matt Rule, who, by the way, after losing that game, 32-6, to six, had to be up there for 25 minutes. I've never seen a longer press conference from a coach that won a Super Bowl, much less just lost 32-6. to six. I don't know what he was thinking about, you know, hey, how about the last question here, guys? He just went on and on and said some crazy things about, you know, Jay-Z wasn't famous for seven years, which isn't true. Um, well, you apparently know, no one asked him about New Year's resolutions. No, no. Oof, boy. <laughs> Somebody's assignment editor needs to get taken to the, taken apart about that one. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, I, I thought Belichick could have handled it worse. Oh, you know what? That was actually it, surprisingly... Um, restraint, right, yeah, on his part? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there's a time and place for that question. Sure, that's not it. <laughs> After a loss at home to Buffalo was not it. <laughs> to Bill Belichick. <laughs> I mean... I love Tom Brady's yeah. uh, quote on it. Uh, so Brady was asked today about that, about Belichick uh-huh. being asked, and, he's, and Brady's quote is... <laughs> I want to be as brave and courageous as she was. Asking that question to Coach Belichick after a loss. That's what I want for the new year. <laughs> That's my resolution, yeah. Yeah, that he he gave her a nice backhanded compliment right there because – and I've seen that play out usually with young reporters, and it's usually some assignment editor says, hey, could you could you get a, some New Year's resolutions? You know, usually it's a uh, – and I'm not rapping TV, okay, but I will. Um, usually every Christmas there's the TV question like, hey, what was your – most memorable Christmas gift, right? You'll get that one a lot. Or and that's a practice day question, not a game day question. It's not a after you lose and got and lost maybe the the biggest game of the year to the yeah. Buffalo Bills, right? Oof, and to Bill Belichick to boot. So, a lot of courage there, man. 
Although I don't well, know who you she could was. even tell as she asked the question, she knew what the answer was. Or, you know, she didn't know exactly how to respond, but you could tell she was like, "I, I, I have to ask this." I'm, I, yeah, I didn't yeah, want I, to, but I'm told by my boss. I apologize for this question, but yeah. Although I, I'll still never forget, and you know, greatness is sometimes born this way. But I, I'll never forget my. The, I believe in my heart of hearts, it, it was. Pam Oliver had not been at Channel 13 in Tampa very long. And the first time I was aware of her, I think it was her first time she had been on the road. I want to say they were playing the Green Bay Packers, but I think it was at Milwaukee's. He used to play one game at Milwaukee mm-hmm. County Stadium. Back three. In the day. He used to play three of them there. Was it three up there? Mm-hmm. Okay. It seemed like the Bucks were always getting one, but they got that one, I believe. And uh, it was not going well for Ray Perkins, and it, it actually was the year that he eventually got fired. might have been his last game. Or maybe I think maybe he had one more game after that that they actually won. Perkins got fired after he won a game, but they lost to Green Bay. Uh, I think Green Bay came back on him, and I just remember her being in the scrum and almost from the beginning. One of the first questions she asked, uh, uh, Coach Perkins, uh, are you concerned about your job, your job security? You know, after losing your record, blah, blah, blah. and he just kind of glared at her as Ray could do with his little icy, icy eyes, and. <laughs> Before responding, he looked at her. He goes, "Who are you?" <laughs> she goes, "I'm Pam Oliver with Channel 13." He goes, "I don't know who you are." Uh, he asked me a question like that, you know, and he kind of bit her. And then, and then, then he gave kind of an answer about like, "I'm focused on next week or whatever. I don't worry about things like that." But I was like, "Gosh, man, right out of the gate, like you were going to be." And of course, she turned out to be right, Pam Oliver, <laughs> which you know. What now, is it? Now it's Ray Perkins. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, right. The late Ray Perkins. Yeah. Um, may he rest in peace. But yeah, he uh, he didn't like the question. But I mean, she showed a lot of, and that that was not a uh, by by any means. Am I relating this to you know what's your New Year's resolution? But yeah, no. But there are some times when you're you know you're told to do these things, and God bless her, she did it with Bill Belichick. Like I said, who could who still showed some restraint? I thought. By the um, way, by the way, I wanted to ask you because you were at the game, so you're not mm-hmm. watching it on television. Yeah. Did you see? And Mark Sanchez, who was doing color, uh, and uh, the analyst on Fox for Sunday, pointed it out right away, and it was I was just impressed with it. The Ronald Jones touchdown at the two minutes to go or so in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Did you see what happened that play? I did not. No, I, 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 I. By that time, I think I was listening to the right. broadcast, and by that time, I think I had committed to starting to write stuff. So, Tyler Johnson's on the left side of the line, or you know, in, in wide receiver formation. He goes in motion. Tom Brady steps up and yells "freeze" to get him to stop right behind the center or the guard, left guard. Hmm. Tom Brady goes back to his spot and says, "Go." Tom Brady was so aware that Tyler Johnson had started his motion before another player got set. And he knew he had Ronald Jones wide open to the left side on the run. Mm -hmm. Stops Tyler Johnson's to get him to set right behind the line, not where he should have, you know, but stopped and then sent him on so that he didn't get an illegal motion penalty on the play. They ended up scoring a touchdown on because he'd had two guys moving. Right. Wow. I just the things like that that quarterbacks see and do. I mean, of everything they're doing of checking out the defense, you know, mm-hmm. where am I going to go with this? What play am I to see Tyler Johnson out split out far left went in motion too soon and stopped him. I and Mark Sanchez pointed out right away. It was 
It was I just it, it's those little things that that Tom Brady and the Aaron Rodgers and, and those quarterbacks can do that are just so far above. Yeah, it's next level. And it saves you games. I mean, he, he, you know, if he doesn't do that, there's a penalty on the play. You don't score the touchdown. That's seven points off the board. Now you're, you know, you're back five more yards, and who knows what happens. And um, there was a clip a couple weeks ago, um, and I didn't see the one you were speaking of, but there was a clip a couple weeks ago. They had him mic'd up, or they had, I think they had Brady mic'd up, and he goes to full play action. I mean, play action. You know, you with run action, you want to sell the run. You know, the line comes off the ball. They're not pass protecting. Uh, even though it's a pass and and it's it's got to sound like a run, it's got to look like a run, and so he turns his back to the defense. He sticks the ball out in his hand, and, he, and as he's pulling it back in, he he says to Ronald Jones as calmly as you can imagine, he goes, "It's cover two, it's cover two. <laughs> like so, you don't have to know the answers to the test. He just gave you the answer in real time as he's dropping back, but the presence of mind to help a guy." Uh, you know, like uh, it, it wasn't Ronald Jones. I'm sorry, it was um, Leonard Fournette. If I said Ronald Jones, I meant Leonard yep. Fournette. Uh, he says to Fournette, "It's cover two. and so that Fournette. Now, why does he need to know that? Well, he ha- has to know, you know, what what the coverage is. If he if he releases, if there's nobody if there's nobody coming, right? If there's no extra blitzer and he doesn't have any blocking responsibility, he needs to know what the zone is because they will rotate. You know, when the when the play started, it may have looked like one high. And, and they may have rotated into a cover two. And Brady has already diagnosed what zone they're playing so that Jones know, knows what option route to run or where to, where to sit down, you know, in that zone, um, you know, on, on a check down, that sort of thing. And it's just, you know, what a presence of mind and what a help to the rest of your players, right? Guys that – and Leonard Fournette's played a lot of football, but, you know, just another reminder, just another pointer, just another tip so that the communication is perfect, so the execution is perfect. These are the things that probably happen all the time that we never hear of, you know, that we don't know, we don't see a guy's not mic'd up. But that's why you win games. You win games because you execute, you don't make mistakes. They didn't have any turnovers the other day. Um, had very few penalties, you know. That that sort of thing, when you, when you get to the postseason, when you play against those really good teams, that's how you have to play. And yeah, he's he's managed to do it, and and, and he, you know, he said before this week started, he goes, you know, there's a lot of ways to win football games, and now we're going to have to find new ways. You know, now now we're going to have to figure out, you know, how to how to how to put together a new puzzle, uh, because we have we don't have our same players, and and yet we've got to go out there and execute and win, and there can't be any drop off, and you know, we need to win these last three games, and. Now, I think it's going to wind up, depending on who they get back, and we don't know the extent of Mike Evans, who now has COVID. We don't know. You know, Leonard Fournette supposedly is a little worse off than Evans is from a hamstring situation, whatever that means. Um, obviously, Godwin is gone. They're not going to be able to replace him. But they will f- find a way, you know. And, and if Antonio Brown is part of the equation from a player standpoint, um, you know, he's he's elite. I mean, the guy's still elite. If he can stay healthy. You know, he gives them one more enormous weapon at wide receiver. Uh, even though Godwin won't be there and he doesn't play Godwin's position, you'll still have Evans. You might have Antonio Brown. You might have Brashard Perriman. Now we know that uh, Cyril Grayson can play. Um, you know, there, there could be others. Scotty Miller we haven't seen for several weeks. Uh, O.J. Howard, I'm told, blocked really well the other day, which is a great sign for him because he's not been getting many reps. 
Gronkowski hasn't had very many good games of late. The last two, you know, didn't make that many plays. He did have like a 20, 23, 24-yard reception the other day, which was big. So, you know, they've still got pieces. They've still got enough going on. And But I, I think the defense, more than anything, because they've now sort of knock on wood, it could change tomorrow, right? They could get all four guys hurt in the secondary. But they have sort of weathered the storm. They have managed to do this all year, you know, play well enough uh, – to allow their offense to score enough points to win. Now the defense, with that secondary getting healthy, they're kind of taking over the show. You know, and John Romano wrote a column about this. Would you be okay? Could it be the defense this year? And I thought the defense played the largest role in the postseason a year ago, personally. But could it be the defense again, which leads this team and takes them as far as they're going to go in the postseason? I think it is. I, I, I have no question that that's going to be their difference. That's going to be... What, what puts them over the top if they manage to do it. Because you're going to have to beat Aaron Rodgers, or you're going to have to beat Patrick Mahomes if you want to win a Super Bowl again, or you're going to have to beat Dak Prescott on the road, perhaps, um, or, or go, go out to L.A. and beat Matthew Stafford. So you're going to have to have some really good defense uh, for them to win. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, and earlier you mentioned that the Tampa Bay Lightning, both goaltenders, uh, Andre Veslavsky, Elliott, I guess, is their backup. Mm-hmm. They both have COVID along with a lot of, of top-rung players. So now do, do they bring uh, all these guys up from the AHL, or how do they how do they manage this if some other guys come down with COVID before the game? Yeah, so let's see. We have uh, Anthony Sorelli is in protocols. Mikhail Sergachev is. Pierre-Edward Belmar. Uh, John Cooper still in protocols. Rob Zettler, assistant coach. Also has COVID. Uh, Andre Schuster was called up on Tuesday. He now has COVID or Monday. He was called up and then got COVID as or you know tested after he got called up. Uh, they've called up Darren Radish, a defenseman from Syracuse. Called up Sean Day, a defenseman from Syracuse. Two goalies, Maxine Legacy and Hugo Alnefeld. Uh, presumably one of those gets to start. I would guess Alnefeld, uh, but Maxine Legacy does have ex- NHL experience. Alnefeld would be his NHL debut. Uh, the NHL has made some changes. Now they have uh, a taxi squad again like they did last year through the All-Star game, which is in early February. Also allowing emergency call-ups as long as the players aren't making a million dollars. So you don't – previously for emergency call-ups, you had to play short a man for a game before you could bring that player up. Now you don't have to do that. You can just – because of COVID, you can call them up emergency and play them that night or that day. Uh, Presumably Uh they'd already be on your taxi squad in here, but – so the NHL is adapting some some protocols and stuff for that, but um, NHL has already postponed three games this week: two with Colorado and then one other game. Uh, the game between the Lightning and Canadians, as we record this, is about eleven o'clock on Monday night, is on. I would imagine the game gets played unless there's a significant number of new tests on Tuesday. Yeah, that prevent that um, on either team. And the Canadians also have several players in the protocol and stuff, so it's not like just the Lightning are affected. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be, you know, the NHL is trying to get as many games, and now they do have a three-week 
window that they were taking for the Olympics that, you know, they're no longer going to the Olympics, so they have some space to make up some games, but obviously they don't want to have to be making up too many games. So, Right. Well, um, you, you know, the way they were playing, you don't want them to be gone too long, and you'd like mm-hmm. for them to, to keep playing. And, 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 and your hope is Braden Point comes back this week. He's now, you know, um, Derek Lalonde on Monday said uh, Point was day-to-day this week, so presumably – You've got games tonight against Montreal. You've got Thursday in Florida. Friday's home against the Rangers, and then you're in Ottawa on Sunday afternoon. If you're saying he's day-to-day, presumably one of these games, he's coming back. So you're getting a little reinforcements, hopefully. Yeah, Nikita Kucherov sometime this month, I guess. Yeah, in in January. January, uh, We're expecting that. I mean, you know, he's been skating. He's been practicing. Um, Not, you know, full go yet, but, uh, yeah, yeah, your hope may be mid-January, maybe late January, although, you know, you never know all of a sudden. It's like, well, they're getting close, and up, oh, he's there tonight. That's kind right. of the way hockey yeah. goes. <laughs> yeah, they just they're out there. Yeah, it's just like, oh, look who's playing. Yeah, great. Yeah, that could happen. So, anyway, looking forward to that. Uh, New Year's is upon us. Uh, hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas. Mm-hmm. If we didn't wish you a Merry Christmas, we want to want to do that. Hey, let me be the last to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Valentine's Day. Um, I did not uh, enjoy particularly Christmas Day. Um, had to leave, had a, had an early uh, wake up call for the kiddos to open the presents. And then it was off to the airport. My, uh, my wife was supposed to go with the kids to Chicago to see her parents and family, but her brother, uh, went to a party and ended up with, uh, uh, everybody got COVID. So it wasn't good. Ooh. Uh, and what I found out about Christmas, uh, in, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina is nothing is open downtown, <laughs> nothing for dinner. Uh, including the hotel restaurant, which closed at three o'clock, so it was kind of like, yeah, not a lot of choices here. And then um, uh, we ended up going across the street. Don't judge me to a Hooters. It was all that was open, ladies and gentlemen. And it's a sports uh, bar. Uh, you got football on that night. Football you know? was on. I said, how bad could it be? I'll have some wings. It'll be good. You know what I mean? Like it's not the most nutritious food in the world, but okay. But there's they didn't have a very big staff, and so when I went in and we said, well, can we get a table? And there were plenty of tables. Uh, it was like, yeah, uh, here's the thing. We don't have enough people working to get you seated for 45 minutes. And I was like, what? So we, we, uh, I kind of hung out there for a little while, and then a, a seat at the bar opened up, and so myself and Joey and I were able to sit down and order food, or I would have been really hungry by Sunday morning. Um, so we did, get some, we did get some gold chicken wings. It's been a while since I've had a plate of wings and some fries, but uh, that was my dinner. Not all that bad. Got to watch the uh, the end of some some football games, some NFL games, so that was okay. But, um, yeah, and it was, boy, I, I think the high, it was just so, felt so weird to be in, in Carolina, which about this time of year, you know, is mm-hmm. usually usually fairly cool. I mean, people usually go up there to, to cool down, right? I think the high, and it was a gorgeous day. It was sunny, bright blue skies, 75 degrees, which felt great, but way too warm, way too warm for Carolina, man. I should I should have to wear a jacket. When I go to games. It's been way too warm here in the 80s now. Oh, my God. I hate it. It's gross. Somebody says, would you rather be here? And they started, you know, popping up all these cold places. And there's a lot of snow out west, I guess, in Seattle and stuff like that. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> I would. because no, I know I'd, still, I'd still rather us. be here. I'd still rather be here. But you're, well, you're born I mean, and raised here. I lived up north. I know I don't I don't want to have to deal with that in the ice and the snow and all that. My thing is, is that I know what's coming. You know, we have... You know, some damn near 90-degree weather for eight, nine months out of the year. I would like the three months that we don't have it to actually cool off for a while. I mean, those to me, the prettiest time in Florida for me 
is is the fall part of the winter into sometimes we'll get as late as middle of May before it starts to really heat up again. And you'll get the, at least the dry weather. It's not so much the temperature as it is the, the dryness and the, the humidity that comes back at the end of June or end of May and June and stuff um, all the way through till about October, right, to the, end, the middle or end of October. So, yeah, I, I just want it to be a little more cool, you know, just mm-hmm. cool me down some, man. Let me wear some long sleeve shirts once in a while, but <laughs> it's not been the case here. So, anyway, we won't worry about that. Uh, tomorrow, let's have our mailbag. We've got uh, some questions rolling in already. I'm sure you guys have a ton of them with all the injuries and whatnot. Of course, the Bucks' uh, playoff future is uh, is going to become more clear the next two, couple weeks. So, Send your mailbag questions to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, and believe me, most of you have. Uh, or you can, um, and not all of you I want to hear from. And you can also send uh, an email to me at rstroud at tampabay.com. Your mailbag questions tomorrow answered 100% correctly or your money back. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 